I thank you everybody was uh, standing and uh, see how that all of our lives are impacted by things relating to Israel, uh, the things that are our everyday life that uh, have touched our lives and the many of those things that uh, we're dependent upon. Some things that uh, maybe sometimes we wish we didn't have. This morning, I got enough text that I wish Israel had not uh, generated this texting uh, capability, but uh, I guess it was necessary. So we're all impacted, and at the end of the service, we're going to be taking a, a time to pray for Israel, to pray for the peace of Israel. Matter of fact, if you'll turn to Psalms 122, 6, we're going to look at uh, verses 6 through 9 and what the Bible tells us about praying for Israel. And this morning, as we've been on this series about the invitation, today is an invitation to honor God. And one of the ways that the Bible is very clearly that uh, spells out to us that we can honor God is in our prayers. And one of those prayers that I think is appropriate for today is to pray for Israel. And so we'll look at that at Psalms 122 and verses 6 through 9. But when you think about honoring God, think of the different ways that you personally may be trying to honor God in some way in your life. Think of things that the Bible tells us about how that we can honor God with our individual lives. And we're going to look at just a few of those today, but prayer is a way that brings honor to God. The prayers that we pray, not only that uh, we sometimes think of praying for individuals who are sick, individuals who are going through struggles in their life, which we'll do at the end of the service, but praying as the Lord has described to us in His Word to pray. And there's not a lot of times in the Bible where it tells us to pray specifically for a location or for a person. But there are a couple, and one of those is to pray for Jerusalem, to pray for Israel. And some of you, when you think about praying for Israel, you may think, well, I'm not sure that I pray that much for Israel. I hope that by Noah sharing today about what life is like in Israel, that, that in Israel she shared, and uh, you could tell that she did live her whole life in Israel. Some of you may have had a little trouble with her accent. You do have an accent, don't you? Just a little bit. May have a little trouble with some words, but as she grew up in Israel, a child's life in Israel is not uh, just going through some drills in case there was to be a fire or an earthquake, but it's part of everyday life of knowing what to do when a missile hits or, as she said, having to go to school and uh, wear, have to wear a gas mask or know how to operate those in case something happens. And I know that uh, several years ago, the Lord began to convict my heart about praying for Israel, and I'd always been supportive of Israel because that was very clear as the homeland for the Lord, but I began to feel like I had failed in honoring God in praying for Israel, and I began to make some changes in my life to focus on that, and then I got connected with Christians United for Israel and got better connections for praying for Israel, but I began to see that praying for Israel and prayers that the Bible tells us that I wasn't honoring God, that I had been a failure. In our life in the Word this morning, I started our class off with this question, and that is, have you ever felt like a failure? Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but in our life in the Word, every person in the class acknowledged that they'd felt like a failure at some time, that they either felt like they had failed in their life or they had failed someone. As it comes to praying for Israel and honoring God through my prayers, I felt like that I had failed some there. And when it comes to the different areas that we'll look at today in honoring God, I'm sure that there will be some today that will feel like I have failed in this area. Not only praying for Israel, but the other areas that we honor God. But I want you to listen very carefully because at the end we'll find out that no matter how we have failed in our life in honoring God, God has a plan to redeem us 
and give us a future that is brighter when we understand that God doesn't want us to live in a pool of failure, but to take our faults and our failures and to move those forward to honor God. So let's look at this in Psalms 122 and verse 6 through 9. And I'm reading this out of the NIV translation. It says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Now that's very clear from the Scriptures that we're given an instruction, a command, to be praying for Israel, to pray for Jerusalem, and to pray for its peace. And a lot of times we take prayer requests and we're asked to pray for certain needs. But here is a prayer request that is given from the Lord that is for us to pray on an ongoing basis. As you heard Noah share about life in Israel, until the Lord comes back, there's going to always be those challenges that are within the walls of Jerusalem, within the boundaries of Israel. And that's very clear from the Scriptures. So we have to be continually praying. And as I look to the Scriptures, there's a kind of a benefit that we get. There's a blessing that comes to us that God doesn't just say pray for Israel, but He lets us know that when we take that to heart, when we see that that's God's chosen land, that's His homeland for the Lord, that the blessings come to us. In the Scriptures here it says in verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and it says, may those who love you be secure. It's a prayer for peace and security and peace within the walls. But the Lord says that He will bless those who pray for His people. That prosperity and blessings will come our life. So the Lord is not just saying, this is something you should do, this is something I'm asking you to do. But when we do things and God pours out His blessings to us, that is saying that we are honoring God when we pray or when we do the things that the Scripture tells us. Matter of fact, in different translations, you'll see within the Bible the word honor or the word glory or to glorify God. They all represent the same thing, and that is that we honor God, that we exalt Him, that we glorify Him when we do the things that are the closest to the heart of God. You know, when you talk about a lot of different subjects, as a matter of fact, uh, I have, as I've come to learn and know Noah, she is precious to me. Israel is precious to me, but you know, you could talk about Israel, and some people would have a sense of dislike towards Israel. You can mention to some people about the United States, it creates a dislike in some people. You could talk about our president, and that would create some dislike in some people's eyes, in some people's hearts. But the Bible is telling us that when it comes to Israel, God's telling us that all are called upon to pray for the peace and the prosperity for Israel, and that God's hand of blessings are upon that because we honor Him. Another prayer that the Lord tells us that honors Him is that when we pray for our, for our leaders and those who have authority in, in, over us. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, if you were to read the first few verses there, it tells us to pray for kings and those who are in authority. That God appoints those. That in God's omnipotence and omniscience that He works things out for the right people to be in the right situations to fulfill God's plan. As I've looked through the Bible, there have been times when there have been those who were kings over Israel and they didn't do the best job in what we would think that they should do. But because of the sinfulness in the hearts of God's people at that time, God had to use that to bring them back to the state that He wanted them and needed them to be. 
And so the prayers that the Bible tells us to pray, even that praying for kings and authorities, you may think, all right, I don't like the presidents that we've got now, or I don't like the candidates that we have. But the Bible tells us to pray for them because God will have His hand upon them, and the Lord tells us that He blesses us when we pray. And so when we're praying the prayers that God would have us to pray, God is honored and God pours His blessings out upon us. But as I look to the Bible, there's a couple of other areas that I see that it says that God is honored when we have our focus on those areas and we have it in the right area. The Lord tells us in Proverbs 3 and 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So the Bible is not only telling us that we honor God by our prayers that God has asked us to pray, praying for Israel, praying for those who are kings and authorities over us, that our lives may be blessed, but also the Lord tells us that we honor God with our finances. And it says that when we are giving of our wealth, the blessings that God has given us, and the Bible uses this kind of description of the first fruits of your crops. Remember in that time when those scriptures were written that when they would harvest crops in, the way that they would give of a tithe is that they would take a tenth of that first part that came in and they would give it back to the house of the Lord. We don't uh, do that as much today as we do with the monetary means that we have. But the principle is there that we honor God with what God has blessed us with financially, physically. And the Lord has given us the instructions to give back to Him. But He says, when you do that, He says, I will bless you. He used an illustration at that time of barns being filled with overflowing and their vats brimming over. It's saying that I will bless you abundantly and overflowingly. And the Bible also tells us that in using our wealth and our possessions that we bring to the house of the Lord, it's not only that of what we bring to the house of the Lord, but it's how that it's used. In Proverbs 14 and 31, it says, He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, capital M, meaning God. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. You see, the way that we see our finances and we see it as blessings from God so that we can be blessings to others and fulfill what God has in His heart and His desire to do, then God is honored and God's blessings come back to us. Matter of fact, not only does the uh, Scripture tell us there, but if you were to go to Malachi chapter 3, it asks this question, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offering. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then the Lord says, test me. The Lord's saying, no, I'm not giving you a command and instruction to bring your tithes to the storehouse of the Lord. But He says, test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you that you will not have room enough for it. What is the Lord saying there? The Lord's saying that I have blessed you with everything that you have. I'm asking you to bring a tithe into the storehouse. And He said, go ahead and put me to the test. And see if you don't give to God, if He won't turn around and bless you overflowingly. I love the Scripture in the New Testament that talks about God's blessings and how they come pressed down, running over. It's the expression that no matter what we give to God, God's going to compact it and give it back to us in abundance. So we honor God. And we have to ask ourselves a question this morning. Are we honoring God with our prayers? 
praying for Israel, praying for their peace and God's blessings upon them? Are we praying for those who have authority over us and lifting them up? Are we honoring God with our finances and giving back to God and giving to the needy as the Lord has given us the command to do and that God will pour His blessings out upon us? But then there's a third area that says we honor God in the Scriptures that's pretty clear, and that is with our bodies. Not only our prayers and our finances, but our bodies. And here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. All our sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. And then here's what the Bible says. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. God is letting us know in the Scriptures that we honor Him by our prayers, praying for Israel, praying for those who have authority over us, that God blesses us when we also honor Him with our finances, giving to the work of the Lord and giving to those who are in need and not seeing our finances as just something that's just for us to be self-absorbed. I love looking at the Bible in the uh, New Testament days in the Scripture where it tells us that in the early time when the Christians were just beginning to see people come to know Christ as their personal Savior, and it says that no one would let anybody among themselves be in need because they were all sharing with one another. But here the Bible's telling us that we honor God with our bodies. And it says, flee from sexual immorality. I have learned over a period of time that used to that you could say something and it was just plain and easy for everybody to understand. There are times when I share scriptures and somebody will ask me after church or maybe call me or something, they'll say, what did you mean when you said so-and-so? Or what does that mean when it says that in the Bible? I'm thinking, well, I thought that was pretty easy to understand. But what people are saying is, I get a lot of different feed into my life from a lot of different areas. And some people say, this is this and this is that. What does it actually mean? And even today, people will say, well, what is sexual immorality? Is that some perverted way of sexual activity? Or what is it saying? And if you read through all the Scriptures you'll see that you come to this one very clear conclusion that a sexual relationship outside of anything of a man and woman in a married relationship is sexual immorality. That's the way God designed it. That's the way God created it. And that's the way God put it together. And so when the Bible talks about sexual immorality, you can also see the words adultery. You can see fornication. But this one easy explanation of you put all the Scripture together, and that is... Sex outside of anything of a man and woman in a married relationship is sexual immorality. The Bible's telling us to flee from that, which means run from it. Get away from it as quick as you can because the Bible is telling us, and you can say, wait a minute, my body is my body, it's my business. But yet the Bible tells us here that we are created by God and that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. That when I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me. And now my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And it's saying that the way that I use my body will either honor God or dishonor God. The Bible says, therefore, honor God with your body. And you know, we can look at this and I've looked at various things in the Bible where it talks about how we honor God with our bodies. And there's not only the way that we treat our bodies in a pure concept, the way God designed for it to be, but it's also the way that we use our bodies in serving the Lord. 
that uh, when we use our bodies for just our own pleasure and our own things, rather than serving God and giving of our time and our talents, then we're not fully honoring God. And the Bible says, honor God with your bodies. Not only what you use it for, not only what it comes inside of it, but how that you approach your everyday life. So we'll look at these three areas. How do we honor God today? First and foremost, I hope you was challenged by prayers. As Noah shared, praying for Israel. I believe that, uh, uh, when is it you go back to Israel, Noah? How I many? Uh, three more months. <laughs> three more months. Three more months she goes back to Israel. And when she goes back to Israel, I know that uh, Noah would feel a great sense of peace if she knew all of us were praying for her. That you were praying for her, her family. And I hope that you will do that. That you'll pray not only for Israel, pray for Jerusalem, pray for their peace and their blessings. But remember Noah. Remember Noah had died and her family to pray for them especially. And that God's hand would be upon them and that they will experience peace and blessings in their life. So you can honor God by your prayers. Not just a selfish prayer of, Lord, I'm sick, would you please heal me? But prayers for other people. Prayers as we go through our election, praying for whom the Lord would raise up to be the president of our United States and to be the leaders in the other areas of our government. Praying that God would lead in every part of that. So our prayers honor God, our finances. Honoring God by giving back to Him what He has blessed us with, using our finances to minister to the needs of other people, not just our own needs. And then honoring God with our bodies. Taking our bodies and seeing it in the concept that God designed it to be, and that is that we're to be the temple or the place where God's Holy Spirit abides, and honoring God by our sexual relationships, but also honoring God by the way that we use our bodies to serve Him. Now looking at all this about honoring God, there's a verse that I want to read to you in Deuteronomy chapter 12, or 10, verses 12 and 13. It says, Now, O Israel... Now remember, we're praying for Israel, and here is a, a verse, a couple of verses in the Bible that's instruction for Israel that we can apply to our lives. It says, Now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? We've looked at an invitation to honor God. What does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God. And the word fear there is a reverent respect to honor Him. What does God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today. And here's what it says, for your own good. Did your mom ever tell you she's doing something for your own good, Noah? We use that expression in the United States a lot. When maybe a child doesn't like something that we're doing to discipline them or to get them on the right track, and we say, this is for your own good. What we're saying to a child when we say that, we're saying that, I know you may not like it, you may not be the happiest about it, but what I am doing or the guidelines I'm giving you is for your own good. In the long run, it'll be for a better life. Well, that's what the Lord was saying to Israel. It's what He's saying to you and I today. And what is God asking us? That we honor God in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we serve Him, and that we do it with all our heart and our soul, because that is for our own good. That is for the blessings. Now, I started this out this morning, as I said in our Life in the Word. Have you ever felt like a failure? 
Have you ever felt like you have failed someone? And our lesson this morning in Life in the Word was based around the life of Peter and how that Peter denied the Lord. How that we even talked about how that Peter, when he was walking on the water and he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to sink. And that if we could bring Peter into our presence and ask the question, Peter, have you ever failed someone? I'd imagine that his mind would go to an immediate flashback of when he denied the Lord three times. He failed. But the good news is God doesn't like leaving us in a pool of failure. Everyone that believes that, say amen. God doesn't desire to leave us in a pool of failure. And when you look at honoring God, as I've said, to pray for Israel and pray for those who are the leaders of our country. Some of you can say, ah, failed in that. I could have said, honor God with your finances. Ah, failed in that. Honor God with your body. Oh man, could you back off, preacher? Sometimes we can look at the things we failed in and we feel like we were in a pool of failure. And yet the Lord is saying to take and to honor Him in the way I live my life and to love Him and to serve Him with all my heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. But I have failed. And from what I've said here today, many could leave here today saying, I feel like I've just messed it all up. I haven't been praying like I should. I haven't used my finances like I should. I failed in the design for God for my body. But here's the good word. God doesn't want to leave you in a pool of failure. He's got better plans for you. And the Bible says this in 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. You know what that means in all these areas? Okay, if you fail praying, you can't change the past, right? But you can change the future. If you've failed to pray for Israel, if you've failed to pray for those in authority, if you've failed to pray for your church leadership, then make a choice today to say, God, I have failed, but I'm going to make a change and I'm going to honor you with my prayers. You may say, okay, I've, I've failed in my finances. I haven't been given to God like I should or I haven't been helping the needy. Then just confess that before the Lord and say, Lord, I've failed. And the Lord say, let's start today and let's get it right. Let's look to the future and do it right. You may say, Man, I've failed my bodies. I've lost my virginity outside of a marriage relationship. I've gone in distorted relationships that I should not have gone. I've really messed it up. Confess your sins. and He's faithful and just. The good thing about God is, did you notice in that verse, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. He didn't say, well, if you failed in this area, I'll forgive you. But if you mess this up, forget it. You're doomed. God didn't say that, did He? If we confess any and all of our sins, He is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to have a song of invitation. And after that song of invitation, in a few moments, we're going to take a moment just to pray for Israel. But right now it's for us to just really focus on what's God speaking to us individually in our own personal lives about honoring God. Honoring God with our prayers, with our finances, with our bodies, in a way that we bring glory to God in our actions and in our attitudes. This morning, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you failed in those particular areas, but what I am going to give you an invitation and an opportunity to do is to choose today to begin to honor God with your prayers, your finances, with your body.
to make a change in your life because if you, as I spoke today and you looked at those areas and said, man, I have messed up. God is saying today, confess your sins and I'll be faithful to you. I'll forgive you. I'll cleanse you and I'll put you on the right path. Lord, I come to you right now and Lord, I don't know where everybody is in their hearts and in their lives. But Lord, I know that in my own personal life, I've failed in a lot of areas. And Lord, I could have stayed in those pools of failure and just continued to be a failure the rest of my life. Or I can take each failure and realize, just like Peter did, that I can turn things around with the help of God in my life. That I can take today, it's the present, see if it is a gift from God, and begin to make plans for the future to a better life. So if you've failed in your life, if you've failed in one, two, three of these areas, God's saying just confess it right now. And I'll forgive you. We'll start off fresh and I'll put a renewed strength in you. And I may even take your failures and use you in a stronger way than in the past. Would you do that right now where you're at? If you need to come and pray, the altars are open to you this morning. If you just need to pray and do business with God right where you're at, at this very moment in your pew, His faithfulness to forgive you is not based on where you're standing or where you're kneeling, but your faithfulness to respond to Him wherever you're at, however He speaks to your heart. So if God is saying, get out of your pew and come kneel at this altar and let's meet together, you come. If God is saying to you right now, right now, right where you're at, to just confess your sins. If you've been involved in sexual activity that's outside of God's design, confess it. If you haven't been using your body to serve God like you should, confess it. If you've been holding back your finances and haven't given to God, confess it. If you haven't prayed for Israel, prayed for your leaders, confess it. And whatever God is speaking to your heart and you confess before Him, He'll be faithful to forgive you. Lord, I just want to lift up to you this morning, any and all of us. Lord, I am like the Apostle Paul. I'm not one who will stand at the pulpit and feel like I've got it all right and I don't ever mess up. That would be the biggest joke. I feel like the Apostle Paul many times that I am chief among sinners. I probably have failed the most. Lord, in the midst of all my failures, I've seen that you've picked me up. you cleaned me up. Lord, you've used me. Lord, sometimes I've fallen again. I've failed again. But when I confess, you were faithful to pick me up, clean me up, and move me forward again. Lord, I know you'll do that in some lives today. Lord, may you be glorified. Lord, may we all leave here today knowing I've got things right. I'm clean. I'm not going to leave here in a pool of failure. I'm not going to leave here feeling like my life has been a mess. I'm going to leave here clean. And I'm also going to leave with a renewed commitment. A renewed commitment to pray for Israel. I'm going to pray for Noah Haddad. I'm going to pray for their peace. I'm going to pray for our leaders and for our government for the coming year. I'm going to get my finances right. I'm going to start using my body in the way that God intended it and treat it like it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave here today, not in a pool of failure, but cleaned up, ready to do with all my heart, soul, and body what God would have me to do. To that, all God's people said, Amen.